We're going to continue in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today we're going to be looking at the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. Last week we actually looked at the Gospel of John and we saw the account of the resurrection. Today we're going to be looking at a different part of Scripture also written by the Apostle John in his letters, his letter of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. And I'm very excited to announce that beginning next week, we're going to start a new sermon series on the book of Daniel, a series that we're calling Unfamiliar Ground, and how we as a people can follow God in times of unfamiliarity and in times where things may just seem all over the place. So my encouragement is to everyone to be reading the book of Daniel in your devotions with your family or by yourself. And we'll be going through chapters 1 through 6 of the book of Daniel beginning next week. And this sermon series will take us into the month of May. So everyone is invited and encouraged to start reading the book of Daniel together. Today we're going to be reading from the letter of 1 John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And I'm going to read a small portion for us, first in Spanish, and then the six verses in English immediately afterwards. Primera de Juan, capítulo 2, versículos 1 al 2. So let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the book that we love, from the Word of God, first in Spanish and then in English. Primera de Juan, capítulo 2, versículos 1 al 2. Mis queridos hijos, les escribo estas cosas para que no pequen. Pero si alguno peca, tenemos ante el Padre a un intercesor, a Jesucristo el Justo. Él es el sacrificio por el perdón de nuestros pecados. Y no solo por nosotros, sino por los de todo el mundo. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, we come to you this morning honest and open. And we pray, Lord, this morning that you would rid us of pride, of ego, of some of these attitudes that can sometimes block us from you and from others. Lord, instead, would you fill us with more of you? 
as we prepare to encounter you through your word, O Lord, we acknowledge today your presence with us. And we believe that you are doing a work in us that goes beyond what we could think or even imagine, Lord. And even in such a time as this, Lord, you are at work. Today, Lord, we confess our full and utter dependence on you, Lord. You are our great provider. You are our one sustainer. And today, Lord God, we just also share with you and we lift up our deepest prayers, even those prayers that we haven't spoken out loud, but you know exactly what they are, O God. And we lay them before your throne, before your feet this morning, O God. Today, our full trust and our full security comes from your faithfulness, Lord. Not our situation, not our circumstance, but from you, O God. We pray that you would be glorified through this time of worship. And would you speak to us in a fresh and new way. We pray all this in the faithful name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The scripture that we gather around every single Sunday is God's Word. God's Word that is used to edify us, to equip us, to grow us, to show us more and more the heart of God. And there are a couple of ways to be able to even summarize what the message of Scripture is. And one of those phrases that I would use to summarize the entire message of the Bible would be the phrase, trust in the Lord. Confía en el Señor. Es el mensaje de la Biblia. The scripture points us to this truth over and over and over again. To trust in the Lord in all seasons of life. Another amazing truth that the Bible points us to is to be able to grow and to share the love of God. To love one another just as God has loved us. And in fact, in this book that we're reading this morning, the book of 1 John, we see that that is actually the primary purpose of 1 John. 1 John is actually a letter trying to teach us how to love. And in fact, in 1 John, we see that it really has two primary purposes. First, we see that it is trying to teach us in the first chapter, in the first couple of chapters, really looking at the question, what is authentic love? And then it goes on to actually respond to another question. It starts responding uh, to the question, how do we live it out? So the two characteristics of the short book of 1 John are really that. What is authentic love, the authentic love of God? And then how do we live that out? That's exactly what we see in this short yet deeply profound book of the Bible. And friends, what we see here in the book of 1 John is the way that we are able to really engage with and see what authentic love is, is we see here in 1 John that authentic love must be founded in the authentic gospel. The gospel does not just give us some kind of vague or poetic or just emotional definition of love, 
but it actually points to the reality that love became flesh. Love took on the form of a person, of Jesus Christ. God loved the world so much that love took form in a human being. It took flesh in Jesus Friends, brothers, sisters, it is belief in Jesus that brings us into fellowship with God. And it is in this fellowship with God that authentic love, the real thing, that's where we find that authentic love finds its home, where it finds its residence. In fact, that is the foundation of all love, being in fellowship with the living God. And really, the love that God extends to us is a tangible, real love. God, in fact, loves us through us. God loves people through people. We see in the book, uh, in the first chapter of 1 John, that it, it, talking about the love of God or the good news of God, that which we felt, that which we saw, that which we that we encountered, talking once again of Jesus, the love of God in human form. So we see here in 1 John and in these verses that we just read that there are a couple of uh, primary purposes that John is trying to really um, focus on here. And he says this in the first two verses that we read today. It says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Love has been made real, has been made in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Love has been made tangible, given to us in the form of an advocate. In this passage that we read today, we see that this word is very key, this word advocate. We've been given an advocate, and not just any advocate, but we've been given an advocate that changes everything. And of course, we can hear that word sometimes just like other words in the Bible and think, well, that's in the Bible, so I don't really need to know what that means. And I don't really use that word in my daily life, so I'll just not pay too much attention to it. But let's just break that down for us just a little bit here. What exactly is an advocate? An advocate is someone on our side. You have someone on your side. An advocate is someone that is prepared to step in and to be the one who speaks up on our behalf. Jesus, as our advocate, he speaks up on our behalf. Jesus is the voice for the voiceless. Jesus is the defender of the vulnerable. Jesus is the advocate, the protector, the defender. He is the one that is with us, the one that is for us, and the one that is ahead of us. 
on this road of life, Jesus is the advocate that actually walks alongside us to comfort us, the one who walks behind us to protect us, and the one who walks before us to guide us. Friends, brothers, sisters, part of the gift of God is that we have been given an advocate. Dios nos ha dado un intercesor. We've been given an advocate, a promised advocate. So again, what does this mean? Let's break this down. An advocate is someone seeking the good or the best for someone else. And I just want to pause right now before we continue just to acknowledge and express gratitude for those in our church that during this season of uh, the COVID-19 virus and the shelter-in-place season, for those within our church community that serve as first responders, as health workers, as emergency workers, as educators, as ag workers, as supermarket and pharmacy workers, I just want to pause and pray for you and let you know that we see you, we appreciate you, we love you, and we are praying for you during this time. Every day, we get to see different expressions of advocates. An advocate could be a foster parent, a lawyer, a manager, a mentor, parents, teachers. These are all different examples of advocates. Again, an advocate is someone that wants the best for us. Someone that is willing to teach us, to encourage us. Someone who wants us to move forward. Someone that leads us to the next level. Someone that refuses to just leave us in a rut or just in a place that is self-destructive or unhealthy. An advocate helps us to move forward forward. That'll be my question to you this morning. Who has been an advocate in your life? Maybe you can think and pause and reflect on who that has been for you. Who has God loved you through? Who has God placed in your life to point you to his truth? I can think of myself and of the many advocates that I've had in my life. And if I'm honest, I think a lot of the advocates that really impacted me the most profoundly were the advocates that I had when I was a younger person, a teenager or a young adult, or even in my childhood as well. And right now, I actually want to, before going on to an example of the advocates that I've experienced in my life, um, I just want to be able to speak to our students for a moment. You know, they're, they're, especially our elementary or high school or college students who in this season just had this abrupt kind of pause on your academic year. I know it was something that perhaps you were not counting on and can maybe be disappointing on various levels. But just as your pastor and as one of your advocates, along with many of the other folks in our church, I just want to be able to encourage you in this morning. And I want to invite you in this season to continue to press on, to persevere. Perseverance is absolutely key. You know, the folks that actually get to different levels um, in different careers and also academically, it's not going to be 
the, the ones who are just the most intelligent or the most gifted or the most um, uh, talented. But perseverance is key. The ones who make it to the finish line are those who persevere. So high school student, elementary, uh, middle school student, college student that's just been impacted by this um, challenging season, I want to encourage you as your pastor to continue to persevere. Keep going in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of disappointment. Keep working toward that end of the degree that you're working on right now. It will only help you. A big part of my life has actually been this season that that you're currently in, and that's why I took a moment to speak to our students. A big part of my life has been education. It's something that um, I continue to be very passionate about and to be a huge um, advocate for as well. So students, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Others in our church are praying for you during this time. Keep going, press on, persevere in this time. Back to just some experiences that I've had with some advocates in my life. Again, some of those were when I was in that stage of life, uh, going through school and through college and through high school. And I just remember um, years ago, almost 20 years ago, when I was getting ready to go to university. And I had applied for the University of California, which is where um, I wanted to go. But then um, days before the deadline, or a couple of days after the deadline, rather, I got a phone call from the admissions office letting me know that my application was incomplete, that somehow I got it wrong. And I didn't know what to do. I panicked, so I called the application office, and I, I asked what exactly was going on, and they basically told me that there was nothing they could do because the deadline had passed, so there was nothing in their control that they can do to help. That I was out of compliance were their exact words. And the only person that, could, that I could think of to get help from was actually my guidance counselor at the time. He probably doesn't even remember my name or remember me, but he served as an advocate for my life, as someone who helped me when he didn't have to. That guidance counselor's name was Byron. And I remember I went to Byron's office just in a bit of a, a stressful panic, letting him know what had happened, that my application was incomplete, so I had no idea what to do. Byron just told me to pause and to just to wait over in the waiting room, and he was going to make a couple of phone calls. So he asked me to sit down in the waiting room, and I waited and waited and waited. It felt like it was hours and hours, but it was probably just one hour or, or two. But as I was waiting there for him, I was able just to see him um, really work in his office. And he was making phone call after phone call. He'd hang up one call, start another one, send an email. And then after a couple of hours, he eventually came out to the waiting room and he just said, all right, Carlos, well, it's all done. You're good to go. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that what seemed impossible was now possible because someone advocated for me. All because of 
Byron, this guidance counselor who decided to serve as an advocate for me. He explained on my behalf. He didn't have to do any of that, but he chose to be my advocate. And as I trace my life and connect a lot of dots, I can really see how that action by that advocate really changed so much of my life. It was there as I uh, went away to school to do my undergrad at the University of California that I made some lifelong friends, some people that are are still in my life and uh, I look forward to staying connected with. It was during my time uh, away at university that I was able to meet and connect with my wife, Charlotte. We've now been married for almost 10 years and we have two children. It was there while I was away in my undergrad that I started to um, really get some confirmation on my call for ministry and on my gifts for pastoring and preaching. And it was there that I actually connected with uh, one of uh, my dear friends today, who was my college pastor back then, who first encouraged me to continue to consider a, a call as a minister, as a pastor. And he's the one that actually encouraged me to continue to move on and to study, to get my master's in divinity, and to prepare to be a pastor. And it was while I was away um, that I, uh, I was able to connect with uh, another friend from here, from the Central Valley. Some of you know him, Russ Siders. He's the pastor of, of Sunrise Church over in Tulare. He and I met uh, a couple of years ago um, in his home state of Iowa. And it was there that we actually began talking and dreaming about what it would look like for me to come out here to Central California to plant a church in Visalia, somewhere that I had never really been before. And then moving here in 2016 with open hearts and open hands to see what God would do. And now fast forward to 2020 and to see that God has done something new. God started something from nothing. What seemed impossible was now possible. And again, as I trace back a lot of where I am today, and even with this great privilege of my life of even serving as a past, the, the pastor of Imago Church, I realize as I connect those dots back that I'm really here because years ago, almost 20 years ago, someone spoke on my behalf. Someone stood up for me when they didn't have to. I wouldn't be here today if God had not used that guidance counselor to speak on my behalf. If it were not for Byron, I would, if he would not have advocated for me at that time, I wouldn't be here. God chose to love me through him. And that's exactly what God chooses to do through the advocates that he places in our lives. God chooses to love others through us as channels. Perhaps you have a story of an advocate in your life. Or maybe you've been an advocate for someone else in your life as well. And all of these are really just human examples. But here's the bigger news that the Apostle John is pointing to here. You and I have a common advocate. We both have someone that defended us. We have someone that spoke up for us. 
We have someone who went so far to fix everything that needed fixing. That corrected what needed correction. Jesus is our advocate. He is the one that is for us, the one that has taken action on our behalf, and His action changes everything. Just as I, in that example that I gave, I was out of compliance. I was missing something. We had a serious problem as well. We were out of compliance. We had a serious problem with God and with each other. And that problem was called sin. We were disconnected to God and to each other. Jesus is the advocate that actually reconnects us to God and to each other. Jesus is the one that comes up to us, especially in those moments of desperation, and he delights us with this fresh and welcoming news saying, it's done. And in fact, that's part of what we celebrated during Easter, that it is done and it is finished. There is now a pathway that has been made. You and I are now free because of our advocate. We are free to be who we were created to be. We are now reconnected to God. Because of Jesus, the one who advocates on our behalf, things have been restored and redefined. Because of God's action, because of this action of grace, everything changes. That's part of the blessing and the gift of having an advocate that is for us. The Apostle John goes on in verses 5 and 6 to say, But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. John's message for walking in love is the following. If I receive the love of God, then that means that I need to share the love of God with others. I can't just hoard it to myself. I need to pass it on to others because God loves others through us. We get to be channels of God's love for other people. And here in this community, in this faith community of Imago Church, the church is actually where we learn to love, where we learn to love people that are not like me, where I learn to love people who don't immediately look like me, think like me, or act like me. In fact, in these spaces, that's exactly where God chooses to teach us to love as we're gathered together as imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. That's where we learn to love. And that means that sometimes there will be some agreements, some disagreements, but we can use it all to learn to love because that's the space in which God is going to teach us how to do so. Too often as Christians, we find that we want to be able to profess and sing and to lift up praises to Jesus Christ, but 
when we're really honest, we find that when the rubber hits the road, we want to love Jesus, but we don't want to love one another. The Apostle John here is saying that we cannot separate the two. The way that we live out our love for God is by loving one another as well. And that's the invitation today. Take that next step to enter into that authentic love. Stop holding back. Stop withholding. In fact, you and I know that those are all defense mechanisms. Those are all control mechanisms sometimes. Just being withholding of love or holding back of love for others. And in fact, withholding love, we all know, comes from a place of insecurity or a place of wanting to control. But withholding love also leads to a false sense of self-righteousness. When I withhold love from others, that's taking on the attitude that says, it has to be my way or the highway. If that's our attitude, then the Apostle John here would really turn around and tell us that we're not getting something. Something's missing. We're not fully understanding the freedom that God is inviting us into here. Because the love that God invites us into is an authentic one, is a real one. That's not just based on, on, on my opinion or imposing my will on other people, but it is a love based on the reality that there is one who has advocated on our behalf. The fact that we have all been advocated for, that is the greatest and most profound commonality that we share and experience together. That is our unity. Just to be abundantly clear, what unifies us is not our best selves, is not our brightest ideas, but we are actually unified by a crucified and resurrected Savior who has advocated for us. That's our unity. Not our deed, but our need for an advocate, for someone to help us, to take us to that next place. And each one of us is actually on a journey with God, with this advocate we've been given, and with each other. God has us on a journey as we're learning to love we're learning to love and here together as a community, this is a school of love. The fruit that we seek is that our hearts would begin to reflect God's heart, the God that meets us in our brokenness. He sees us just as we are, and yet he invites us into loving relationship with him and into a new family, into a new community with each other. Friend, brother, sister, you have been advocated for. We have been advocated for. That's part of the gift and the beauty of the love of God. So my encouragement to us is to begin here. Let's start here and now. As that song says, that worship song, if you have to start somewhere, why not here? Why not now? So let's start now. Now is the time.
Do not waste a moment. Live into the life that you've been called to live. I love how I was reminded by a good friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, that we can make the most of any moment, including this uncertain season that we're all in. This is not just a wasted block of time or wasted couple of months in our lives. We can actually make the most of this time. Every challenge in our lives is also an opportunity. And this is an opportunity to draw near to God, to carry one another, to advocate for one another. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, we're reminded to make the most of every opportunity. A time such as this, even amidst all the uncertainty, this is an opportunity. We can make the most of it. In the church community, the world will know the love of God through the love that we have for one another. Notice that the world, it doesn't say the world will know the love of God through programs or through the size of a church or the seating capacity of a church. No, but what Jesus says very clearly is that the world will know the love of God by our love for one another. By caring one another, by advocating for one another. In this season, we can continue to do that. There's no wasted moment here. This week, I'm going to encourage everyone with, with, that's watching this and everyone in our church community to pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, call someone that you haven't connected with in a while, hear from the church community, pray for them, send them a text, stay connected. You can bless one another by advocating for one another, especially in such a time as this. The love that God invites us into is actually a love that pours out and spills out. He fills our cup, and then with the overflow of that, we can pass it on to others. It's a love that is not just words, a love that is not just theory, but a love that is real and actual. Friends, brothers, sisters, today, may we now, by the grace of God, walk in love as we courageously follow Jesus, as we navigate the waters of this uncertain and unfamiliar time. May we hold on and keep our eyes on Jesus our promised advocate who is for us and who is with us every step of the way. Let's pray together. We're going to take this time now to just pray right where we are. This is going to be an opportunity to just do a heart check right now. How are you really? What's unchecked? What do you need to bring before the Lord this morning? What burden do you need to give him today? So right where we are in silence, I'm going to invite us to do that.
to bring those burdens before the Lord, to bring those honest, raw prayers before Him. Maybe some of us need accountability. Some of us need to check some of those heart matters or those uh, destructive attitudes or habits or destructive thinking. We need to bring that before the Lord today. So right where you are, I want to invite you to pray. Hand that over to our promised advocate, the one that is for you, the one that is with you, the one who will never leave you. Surrender it to him today. Oh God, we're grateful that when we look to you and to your heart, we don't see a heart, uh, we don't see a God that is just simply angry or resentful. But when we look to you and your heart, we see a heart of compassion. We see a God that is quick to forgive and a God who is quick to love and mighty to save. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for taking lightly, Lord, just this call to to step into real, authentic love with you and with each other. And Lord, thank you that we don't have to do that on our own, but we have you, Jesus, our promised advocate, who will guide us, who will lead us, who will defend us, O God. Continue to transform us, Lord, and this week, and in this season of uncharted territory, Lord, may we continue to be surprised and invaded by this fresh and authentic and new love. Give us courage, Lord. Give us peace. We pray all this in the faithful name of our promised advocate, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.